And it is Friday night. We are live with The Journey. Uh, welcome. Uh, let me know who you are, where you are, where you're watching from. Connect with us in the comments. Uh, that's one of the things that's wonderful is the connection in the comments and the community that can happen. Uh, sometimes even brings direction when we're talking. Um, so feel free to comment. Feel free to be a part of things. Also, if you uh, would share, that would really help us. The more shares we have, the more people we reach, the more that this thing can unfold and we can see more people reach with truth. And, uh, you know, unfolding revelation is always amazing. And we want to really, like, stand behind what we believe in. And, you know, so we encourage you to do so. If you would like to connect with us, uh, you can through www.hcmstratford.org. There's a PayPal button there. You can jump on and help us continue to do what we do. We're reaching people all over the world. Um, it's pretty wild. Our podcast uh, platform, not just the video, but the audio is being heard in Stockholm and Switzerland and all these all crazy over. places. Yeah. So we're pretty excited about that. But make sure you share the broadcast, help us out, <clears throat> and be a part of the journey. <laughs> yeah, through Spotify. Did you say YouTube? Yeah, you can get the audios on Spotify, Podomatic, pretty much any anywhere you get podcasts from, you can find us. Even on you, some radio channels. Yeah, you would you would search Grace and Truth, yeah. John Brown. That would be the fastest way to find the podcasts. Um, the YouTube channel is John Brown, Grace and Truth as well. And there is a complete video library of every episode. You can go there. I think we're missing maybe one or two or something. I think maybe most of them are there now. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, yeah, it's been a crazy road and... Yeah, I had updated some, but mm. um, um, just of older ones, and it didn't put them in order. It pushed them, you know, about four back from the top. But I thought it doesn't matter; they're dated. They'll see. Yeah, and, well, they, and also it's the too, information, it's, right? It's the complete, like, just spectrum of what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, the progression of things. You know, that's one of the things I love is that perception changes as you look. Yes. You just keep looking. Just keep looking. It'll change. And that's, Man. you know, even the sun shows us that, right? Even the sun moves its perspective all day long, right? Mm -hmm. Until it gets to the clearest point where it can see everything at once. The, yeah. Proverbs, the fullness of the day. Yeah. And so it's like, I want to be able to walk like that with the Lord where he's allowed to change what I believe, what I think. He's allowed to show me things outside of my grid. Well, isn't it funny that all of life's like that, whether you're going to school, studying to be something or, or taking a career, everything, if you're a scientist, a physicist, whatever, um, all of it is progressive mm -hmm. understanding and precept things we don't precept. even under. Yeah. And yet the only place I know of is in the, in the church system, the way we've understood things is we took things that people have said in the past verbatim yeah made it theology without even really tracing its roots some of it is you know got no foundation <laughs> and the other thing is is just being able to realize we see through a, mar uh, a mirror dimly yeah come on therefore it's progressive light and the bible tells us that in proverbs so if you're not teachable yeah that's called pride. And Jesus said to me, not even I can get to you because you'll be rebuking the Lord because you think you know. Well, we see this just through the history of the church. You know, we went through uh, that Johnny Henlow uh, letter that he wrote or like 
post or whatever about mm. the rapture, things like that. Yeah. Um, you can also look at things the church has called evil. Right. You know, like the fourth, what an evil thing, you know? Yes. And uh, <laughs> we all use it now. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, even when I was growing up, you know, this whole, there's whole teachings on stuff that when I looked in the Bible, <coughs> there was one verse yeah. that vaguely mentioned something that somebody built an entire theology around and then somehow sold everybody on it. And it just blew me away because I used to think that music was evil. Yeah. Well, because Satan's a worship leader in heaven. Well, is he? Because it just said he had tubes like an instrument. doesn't even say he was an instrument. Not at all. No. So it's like, well, where did we come up with this stuff? And, And how do we justify continually teaching it? When it's just something somebody said. I know. Like, you know, I used to, when I was younger, as a young Christian, it was like, well, why should the devil have all the good music? And I realized uh, he doesn't. God's the creator of music. God creates. And and really, it's a, always been about our heart. Yeah. What flows through the heart can get tainted or twisted. Yeah. Just like religion. But if it comes to a heart that's after him and humble and willing to be laid down, then all of a sudden, man, you get sounds like you've never heard before. Well, and even in just music in general, I've had encounters where like I was listening to someone who by looking on the outside, Mm -hmm. you would say is almost satanic. Right. Right. And I'm listening to this song just came on the YouTube and all of a sudden, I'm getting hit by the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is weird. Mm-hmm. And so I started to listen. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, can't you hear my son crying out for me? Yeah. And I realized that God hears things differently than we do. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know, we hear Highway to Hell and think these guys are rebels. God hears it. And he's like, man, they want me so bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, and they were just that. That's even a really crazy song because mm. that came out of rejection. Yeah. They were like, well, if we're going to hell anyways, we're taking the highway, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it was the rejection that actually caused the hit. You gave them the fuel, guys, mm-hmm. you know, instead of love. And then the even crazier thing, uh, mm-hmm. there was the guy from Slayer. Um, the lead singer wrote a song called God Hates Us All. Mm-hmm. And the church lost their minds. But if you listen to him talk about it, he said, I got sick of church people telling me God hated me. And the Bible saying that we're all equal in his eyes. He said, so if he hates me, he must hate you. Yeah. See, he just looked at what they were saying. And right? when he said that, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this guy's a little deeper than most. Yeah. He retaliated in a very intelligent way. Like, not that it's good. We don't want retaliation. No. But he wasn't just some some rocker. He was actually taking what we believe as a religion and saying well you're not following what you believe so it says that if even if you you cause the least of these to fall yeah like a child better to tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean so wouldn't you say whoever was preaching a gospel to him that caused him to feel that way and walk away and have this image yeah that was a bad fruit well for sure and then the amazing part of god is that the image didn't get tainted, and he's like, obviously God loves everyone. Yeah, he said and, that, did he? And he did, and yeah. he said that's the whole point of the song, is to make you realize if you think that you're the only one he loves, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, and I, I thought it was a it's really... It's pretty arrogant when you think about it. Well, and, and, you know, like, I've watched tons and tons of 
Christian propaganda where there's people protesting concerts and all this oh, stuff. I know, I know. And, and I remember the one that probably um, hurt me, like hurt my heart the most was I was watching on, I watched a movie with Adam Sandler where he, like he tries to keep his health benefits or whatever by marrying his best friend. Mm. It's a ridiculous movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Then, but in the movie people, it shows some of the stuff people from that group go through and stuff. After the movie ends, I was on YouTube and there was a, a youth movement announcing their big meeting yeah. in San Francisco. And it was like, it had like an army kind of name to it. And there was like gay people on one side chanting and then the Christians chanting back. And I could just see Jesus in the middle crying, going like, neither one of you guys got this figured out. Like, how, how are you judging each other? Like, yeah. you know, like you guys definitely don't got it figured out. You know? Well, back, back to that uh, passage I read uh, last week. Yeah. The angel shows up, remember? And he says, um, what side are you, are you for me or my adversary? And he goes, neither. I'm, I'm for the captain of the army of the Lord. And it was like, do we not get this yet? That it's <laughs> never about a carnal mind deciding I'm right and you're wrong. Come on. It's about the way of the Lord. Well, and Jesus had this way of meeting people right where they were at mm -hmm. to bring the best out in them. It's what the, the banner was stretched across Toronto in the renewal in 1994. Mm. Come as you are and you will be loved. That's amazing. That was the banner over Toronto airport. Come on. Fellowship and the revival. Now, did they walk it all out? I have no idea. You'd have to ask them. But that was the goal at that time. I always call it a mission statement. When I put something up like that, that's my mission statement. And if I get slightly off the course, I look at the mission statement and get back on, right? Because that's the heart of what I'm doing. Yeah. And mine is obviously all the earth is crammed with heaven. Every bush <laughs> is aflame with the fire of God. And only those that see take off their shoes because they recognize the intimacy of the Lord right with them right now. The, the rest pick the berries. They're just interested in the works of God. Some of them don't even know God, and the berries are just what sustains them. They don't even know it's that, him. Yeah, I know. But that's, it's not enough. That's why I love that verse where it said, like, if I take care of the birds, mm -hmm. how much more would I take care of you? And it took me a while to understand it, but where I'm at with it at the moment mm. is the birds are the people who are unaware of God's goodness in their life. Mm. They just go around, oh, there's some seeds, oh, there's a flower, oh, there's, you right. know, and they just exist. Yeah. But he was saying, be more than the birds. Don't just live in ignorance, but see me in every situation. Yes. Look for my provision. Look for me moving. And, and it'll be much more than the birds. Well, think about that. All the earth is crammed. Yeah, that's insane. Crammed with heaven. Woo. That means there's so much heaven here. Yeah, right. They've now. had to cram it in. Have you ever tried to cram something in a box before? It doesn't fit well. So you're cramming and cramming and cramming to get it in that little box, right? Yeah. So that means there's more glory on this earth than there is carnality. Come on. But only those that become awakened to the fact that it's already here. Christ died 2,000 years mm. ago, by the way. Just thought I'd let everybody know the good news. <laughs> and he rent the veil and opened her up. Come on. And so um, he ended the age of sacrifice. Yes. And we're, we're you know, uh, 
Hmm. Abba, I'm just, I want to step into the inheritance of the saints, of uh, pulling my future into the now and Mm -hmm. living out of that. And so, like even tonight, I'm, I'm, uh, wow. (laughs) It opened up real quick. Yeah. I want to talk about the coming of his glory. See, we've, we've talked about the latter. And I think it was last week or the week before you said to me, somebody had asked, well, how do I go about it? You know, getting up the ladder. And I said, um, well, you're already on it. You just are unaware of it. Because he who began a good work, that's called God the Holy Spirit. Mm. How do you you think God can do what he's supposed to do? (laughs) In the fullness of time, Christ was born in Bethlehem. All prophesied beforehand. Come on. And then he shows up at the right moment in the right place. Yes, of course he can. The only thing that could uh, thwart this is you. Because we have a choice. Yeah. And that's why the scripture and the Bible is written as a mystery. It's a mystery novel. It's a love letter about a love affair that's wrapped in darkness, mystery. That's all mystery means. Mystic, same thing. We don't need to get bent on the word. It's a mystery. Yeah. So there's a progressive thing about, you know, he said, remember the glory of God is to conceal a matter, thus mystery. But it's the glory of kings. To seek it out. Yes. And, And a king is an overcomer, someone that rules this land yeah so it's about realizing the world has fallen in its incarnality and within carnality we created religion which is a way a form of god but it actually obstructs us from god from the truth it holds us from the truth that's why paul said i count it all as dung yeah and i'm being nice right yeah in order he casts it away in order to gain Christ, to access Christ, and um, which is a body of believers with Jesus being the head. And so the latter is very important. If you pursue him, he will uh, take you from glory to glory, it says, and you will ascend the ladder, which is uh, to the Father. That's the, the thing about this. Now, there's a reason why. It's mm. when whenever we talk about these things, we mostly talk about them from a self-egotistical uh, place. It's about me getting up the ladder. Why? So I can get to know the Father or get to heaven. Yes, but it wasn't really about you. It was about the Father. It's about his purposes and plans for the human race and what he is doing so once i get past the fact that it's about me whether i have success or fail i fall down the ladder or i climb the ladder i get past that yeah and i go wait a minute wait a minute i am god's work i'm the the pot on the potter's wheel and i begin to give in to him and desire him more than anything else and life itself 
because he is life. And I begin to allow him mm. to do this process. Then he begins to unveil to me the reality of what's really going on here. Because I've got to come out and be separated from carnality, which is a, a very big thing mentally because it's all we've ever known. It's the way we get taught. It's, it's everything to us. We don't really know. And he begins to do this work to bring us. And uh, I'll give you an example before we jump into this, but I'll give you an example. Um, there was a fall. Mm -hmm. And we believe that it was because of Adam, the whole human race fell. We've talked about this a few times. Then Christ, the second Adam, by the way, who's a life-giving spirit, he's crucified and he redeems all of humanity. But somehow we don't give him the same uh, weight or ability as Adam, the first Adam, which is totally ridiculous because one is the creator and the other is the creation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no comparison here at all. So we need to get that into perspective. If we do that, then let's go to the next phase. In Romans 6, it says, I was crucified with Christ. Okay, so that means we all believe that when I understand this, that when Christ was being crucified, I was in him. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So then, did I jump out before the resurrection? No. No. But we think, carnally, that there's a resurrection coming in the future, right? We'll all die, and then there's this resurrection. We'll all get back our bodies. We were all taught this stuff, right? But the problem is, you got to understand a couple of things here. One member I've talked in the past, and if you haven't heard this in detail, you can go back and listen, where I've spoke about the trinities. There's threes all over the all Bible. All the Bible, yeah. But they're all trying to get your attention to lead you somewhere, because this is the language called the language of the Spirit, which is a light shining through our carnal darkness of our mind into us. And if we look through the mystery, he who is faithful, the Holy Spirit, who's supposed to lead us into all truth, will begin to unpack it to us in yes. our spirit. Come on. Okay. So you got the Son, the Spirit, and the Father. You got the way, the truth, the life. You got the outer court, the tent of meeting, and the holy of holies. You got body, soul, spirit. You get the drift, right? There's a whole teaching on that back there. You can go. Faith, hope, love. Yes. This is another trinity. Mm. You got uh, crucifixion resurrection and ascension hmm. so jesus is crucified on the cross i'm in christ and the old man dies that means my carnal man which i haven't come into the reality of this unless i believe and allow him to take me up the ladder the process okay so i was crucified with christ then I was resurrected. When he came up out of the grave, how did he come? By the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Spirit come into there, and the glory hits him, and he's resurrected. And when he's resurrected, so am I, so are you, so is the whole human race. Yeah. Is resurrected. How do we know? Paul tells us it's a new creation. The creator was on the cross, creating a new creation. Both are operating at the same time, but one's hidden. From only those that have eyes to see. Yes. A resurrection, a new creation. And what am I? A new creature. 
it yeah. says, right? Okay, so now I've been resurrected as a new creature. The only thing is my soul, my mind, will, and emotions has to come into the truth of all this process. And what is that? What did Jesus do? He ascended into what? The cloud and the glory. Yeah. Back to the father. Where are you going, Jesus? Don't touch me, Mary. Why? Because I must return to my father. Yeah. Where were we going? To the father. That's yeah. where we were going. All of us. So where are we right now? The Father. In the Father. Yeah. But how many of us actually know this? All the earth is crammed into, right? They don't. So we've been taught a religion that blinds us from the fact that, that it's, it's waiting right now to be unfolded by who will lead you into all truth, sure. which is what? To Abba Daddy, who is life? Mm -hmm. What is life? Eternal life? To know the Father and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. There's a whole unpacking here yeah. in that truth. And we can neither wait to get old and die, because I believe in immortality, because that's what Christ came to give me. He isn't the God of death. He's the God of life. And he overcame death. He, he overcame him, death. Called he, an enemy. Did he not crucify death? Did he not overcome it for me, for you, for everybody? And yet we look around ourselves and we embrace death we celebrate yes as a way to get to heaven we've been given dare i say it i won't be i'll be nice the back a door. false gospel it's 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 the galatians gospel who what kind of witchcraft paul said what kind of witchcraft has come amongst you guys that now you think you can perfect in your own that which began by the spirit, it's two totally different things. And by the spirit means I had nothing to do with it. I'm going along for the ride. Well, even when you've spoken before about worlds, yes, how a world is a way of thinking. Mm -hmm. It's not actually a place. It's not actually a destination. But when Jesus said that the God of this world has nothing in me, he was talking about mm -hmm. a soulish way of thinking, a very a carnal way of thinking. Yeah. And so when you were speaking, what what the devil <laughs> did that blows my mind mm -hmm. or what I don't know how else to explain it, but is he created a matrix? Yes. In the minds of separation mm -hmm. and was able to maintain it mm -hmm. even in the midst of divine intervention. Yeah. Like I remember my whole life believing that you know it was when jesus's side was pierced we went into him right mm -hmm. but ephesians says that before the foundations of the world you were in him so have we ever left so when jesus was formed in the womb the dna of god and man became one that's why john the baptist leapt within his mother right he was already leaping for the gospel had already come mankind was already saved they were already saved because they were made one with God in the womb of Mary. Yeah. And and the baby was rejoicing because he's like, we won. That that union between Holy Spirit and, and Mary, that union mm -hmm. that took place on a on a physical, spiritual, whatever level you want, sealed the deal. It was because because you gotta think about this. This blew me away. No, the other I get day. it. Because people say that we're sinful and can't be near God. Right. But yet God puts himself in a womb 
mm-hmm. of a sinful woman. And the Holy Spirit's here. How's he managing? Exactly. It's all it's all a matrix. Yes. It's all lying mm-hmm. to us. And that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, I can't even begin to explain to you because you can only, you don't even understand earthly things. And he was one of the smartest men in Israel. Yeah, and we think we got it figured out. I know. It's like, guys, we need to relook at some stuff and understand Jesus never spoke to anybody as if they weren't already a son or daughter. Right. Go read. No, I know. What does he say? Our father who is in heaven. Call him Abba Daddy. Well, why? Why? How can you say that pre-cross, Jesus? You'll be with me in my kingdom. The guy doesn't even call him the Messiah. Yeah, I know. It's like there's a... Uh... <clears throat> It's right now, as I've been for a while now, but there is a voice crying in the wilderness. Come on. Like John the Baptist. Yeah. Right? But Make straight the way of the Lord because it's crooked, man. Well, because we've turned it into if you can uphold our standard, mm. you can have part with our God. And, and God hated that. Mm-hmm. He hated that because it makes one greater than another. Yeah, and it, it just it, it makes him so small. I know. Like it just makes God so small and man so big. I know. It's it, it's twisted. And I, and love is the answer and love's the most powerful thing in the whole universe. Mm. I mean, I used to say I always tried to figure Ooh. out when <laughs> um this whole thing started for me like obviously in 78 in the open vision but i didn't have a clue what was going on right i'm 19 or 23 at that point 19 in the death Mm. in the car um but i used to say you know that this whole thing that i'm in now started in uh, the revival in toronto and when that took place and um the lord spoke to me one day and he goes no actually it started in 1999 I said, what? 1999. I was trying to think of something that took place in 99. And then he reminded me. There was a guy living out west that I used to work with at Kmart in receiving. And um, he um, had moved to Vancouver and got married. And then years later, uh, in 1999, he calls me. His name's Rob Taylor. And he calls me and he says, John, he goes, would you be willing to come and baptize me in a river near my parents' house in uh, Elora? And I said, it caught me off guard. Like, okay, he wanted me to baptize him with his dad. And I said, okay. And so I go to Elora one day in, in, in I don't know, Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember. And uh, Sue went with me and uh, Rob's dad and I baptized him in the river it was quiet out there and we went back to his house and there was a bunch of people eating together and it was lovely he ha- he said i really want to thank you and he hands me a book which is a major change changer in my life and it's called the days of his presence by francis frangipan now i took it home and i began to read it and it is a pivotal moment in my life because from 19, from the revivals in, in the early 80s and the experiences I was having into the works mode of trying to learn what you could to get, you know, to a place where God could use you or whatever. Uh, 
on a, it was 1999 in this book, a spark takes place, a reigniting of what took place in the bathroom in the open vision. It just ignited. And I was so, so hungry for his presence. And I was experiencing his presence reading this book. And I've read it a couple of times. If you've never read it, it's a great read and an amazing blessing. Thank you, Francis Frangipan, for being obedient. It's a beautiful uh, piece of literature. And as I, I had read this, it really is what the Lord showed me. This was the moment when things shifted for you. And I began to uh, lead you somewhere. And he was going to lead me into... Uh, this whole, the bridge, this whole, uh, the ladder. And so I want to share some things tonight. Uh, it's the third chapter actually out of the second manual called the ladder, which is about the journey and your DNA. And so when I was preparing for this, that means this, when I was writing this chapter, so that'd yeah. be 2014, maybe. <laughs> I awoke one night at 3.30 in the morning, but not from sleep. I awoke. And I was on the top of a mountain in the dimension of God called the kingdom. Had a visitation. This is where he took me. In that place, I went to Genesis and I realized we have learned most things from a Greek mindset and not of the spirit. And a lot of what we think it means is wrong and carnal. Mm. It's not what God intended. Even the mountain that I'm on in the dimension is a picture for me that I will later understand. But at this point, I don't. Okay. So I was above the heavens or what we understand as the heavens. I was above them in the Shekinah glory of God. This place was unbelievable. And the way into this place is through grace. That's the door but you must be prepared and invited to come. Not everybody's going to go through this. It's sad. I would desire that everybody did. And I've always felt that way. And it's probably one of the reasons I do this stuff. It is my desire for no one to miss out on this. Just the presence, what we experience, even right now, yeah. I'm experiencing and the glory <laughs> that we entered into, which is just touching the, the tab and there's thousand stories during that time. Um, but where I was at this moment was unreal. Right. And uh, when I say prepared, that's the ladder. That's the work of the Holy spirit, taking your mind and transfiguring it. It says we're renewed, transformed by the renewing of our mind. It has to be renewed to the truth and transformed is the same word as transfigured. Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. Mm. Okay, so we're going somewhere. Isn't it funny? He was on a mountain. <laughs> we're going somewhere. I realized I visited here for periods of time in my walk in Christianity, but hadn't understood or known. Are you ready? I was called to live here. This is the cistern that I was created to drink from and that uh, it ruins us for the carnal substitutes in the world. Everything around us is trying to actually rob us. We don't realize it because it makes us feel good for a moment, but it's, it's robbing us from the true gold 
that is found in the glory of God, of where we're to be. So you ever notice, like you buy a new pair of shoes, you put them on, and they are sweet. It's something you really wanted, or a car. And you get in it, and you drive it, like a, you know, if it was a brand new vet or even a Lambo or something, or any new car, you're out there, you're keeping it clean, and you just like, look at this thing. Makes you feel good when you drive it. Like the shoes, you take care of them, you set them somewhere so they're not going to get scuffed. And after a little while, some marks get on them, and then you're just throwing them in the closet like any other shoes. The glory leaves, man. The glory always leaves. Why? Because it is not the truth. It is a substitute. That feeling you're having is substituting. Everything on this planet is a substitution for what is real. And then once we understand this, then we'll give our hearts to something greater. Our pursuit will be for this. This is the most important thing. Paul said, I was in the spirit, doesn't he? Lots. It means something totally different than what we've been taught to believe. It's not what we think. In Genesis, Adam and Eve were removed from the presence of God. Cain, he went out from the presence of God, it says. This is the starting or the kicker point, the presence. This isn't the end game. No. This is the kicker. That's why when I read Days of His Presence, it sparked back in me what I was standing in in the past and what my heart longed for is the liquid love of God and the manifest glory of my Father, the Shekinah glory of God. So I understood I was being called back to my future and that the revelation I had was a visitation that was outside of time. When that took place, it was outside of time. Both me and Jesus were outside time. Even though I was standing in my bathroom in 1978, late January, we were in another realm, another dimension, that there is no time. And when that happened, I was impregnated with the future, with my future as well as encouraged in that moment. I got whacked in the moment and touched with love that's never left. But you got to admit, I've been impregnated with it. It's not went anywhere. In fact, it's probably probably even possessed you. Yes, to... because God's an all-consuming <laughs> fire. It starts yeah, and it burns and burns. More and more intense. Yes. For sure. Um, what happens is you get impregnated. You're encouraged in the moment, even though you may not understand but it's your future that's, that's coming upon you. And then as you progress in Christianity, the rest just gets unveiled, unveiled as you grow into Christ. Come on. So in the car accident, remember, something got veiled. And what's future. happening now? It's unveiling. The unveiling. Yes. As I well, mean. And that's, that's what I think, too, is like Jesus went through the same journey we went through. Yeah. He went through an unveiling even within himself to know and believe in who he was. He had to believe in himself. Yeah, he had to overcome carnality. Yeah, in order to walk as who he was. Yeah. Like, that's mind-blowing. I love David. David says in Psalm 27, one thing I've asked from the Lord, that I shall seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. There it is. All the days of his life here, he would dwell in the house of the Lord, which, what are we? The temple. The and what did Jesus prepare? A house with many rooms? There you go. To behold the beauty of the Lord 
and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle in the secret place of his tent. He'll hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Mm. And that rock is the rock of revelation. It's when he unveils the revelation and we're able to walk in this state of being that he is prepared for us to be in. Now, I don't personally, I've met very few people, one or two, very few people. I know they exist on the planet, but very few people that are walking in this at this time in history. There are some, and there are some that have been here that didn't die, that are immortal. But um, they're not coming to visit me as of yet because I'm not yet at the top of the ladder. And that's the journey. And that's, even if I think about the scroll, you know, God wrote on the the scroll, he wrote my life. And um, that's really what I'm walking towards is the unveiling of his written book. And I am a word manifested in a physical world. Well, and uh, what does it say? It says, go walk out the good works that I've laid out before you, almost as if we're to walk in a pre-planned, pre-sanctioned place that we wouldn't have to strive because we know it's already been done, but we would manifest what is. And it's his good work. Like I experienced a little bit of that where like I knew after I had like prayed because all I knew to do was pray. Yeah. Um, but it was in a, like a crazy situation and I prayed and all of a sudden like this knowing came over me where it was like the next thing I hear will be good. Mm-hmm. And it was just settled in my heart. Like it was above my thinking. My brain was it still t- freaked it, out. It took you over, right? Within. Yeah, it just, I knew. I or just it's knew. like you step into something. I, I remember one of the phrases that came out when I was hmm. praying was about releasing a sound. Uh, a new sound and and it was like i took something that i had revelation in in worship and started to release it in another area mm-hmm. and it worked and that rocked me because <laughs> i could feel it working yeah i could feel something shifting internally it was very weird i'd never felt that before so the biggest problem with religion then is um we then will take something like that and create a formula yeah, for no. <laughs> people to try to get in it yeah. where it's, it's really a dance with the Lord. That's it. And it was, for me, it was being open, transparent, humble, yes. saying, God, I don't know what to do other than this. So if you can meet me here, I'll go wherever you want. And if we know God, what does he do? The next time he does it in a complete different way, because, because he doesn't it, want. It's us. really about yeah. the dance. He doesn't want. He doesn't want us to become robotic. He desires intimacy. Come on, I had someone ask me the other day a really awesome question. They, they said, "Why all the pain then? Mm-hmm. Why all the pain and suffering?" And I said, "Because if you take away the choice, yeah. it becomes robotic." Yeah. I mean, he, he spoke that to me one time. He said to me, Matt, Matt, my son was two and he was he was running across the room and uh, or close to two. Anyway, he said, uh, I love you, dad, and jumped up on my arms. Yeah. And as he did, 
the father said this to me. John, he said, you realize that Matt could be um, the prime minister of Canada. He could be uh, high in a corporation. He could be this, this, and this, right? Or he can be a murderer. He can be this and this. He showed me both good and evil. And he said he has a choice to be either of these. Now, he said, I can give him a lobotomy right now. I mean, zap out his brain cells. And he said, he'll never be any of those things. But he said, what was it worth when he ran across the room? There we go. And of his own initiative, he said, I love you, Dad. And that's the first time I'd heard it. You know what the father wants to hear? I love you, Dad. Yes. Yeah. It's Father's Day. Come on. It's Dad's Day. Yeah. Every day's dad's day. And that's what he's looking for is children to return to him through unconditional love. They're so busy fighting one, one another. They're missing the whole point of the whole point of the book. You know, it's like if we would love one another and we would pursue the father through our own desire. Nothing's impossible, it says says all things are possible to him who believes. Yeah. God says, all that I have is yours. So what is it exactly we're trying to get that well, we haven't been given? I think if we if we were honest, yeah, and our inability to love, yeah, allowed the father to teach us how to rule and reign over our own land, allowed the father to teach us mm-hmm. how to love mm-hmm. first ourselves. Then our neighbor as ourself. Yes. Then we would overcome these things much easier. I'm I'm doing it backwards. I was loving people but hated myself. Yeah, it doesn't well, work. How does that work? It doesn't. No. So was my love real or was it shallow? It, it was it was based on a need you had. Exactly. And so now it's like he's teaching me, can you love yourself on your worst day? Mm-hmm. So that it's no longer based on whether you succeed or not, the love for yourself. Because God loves us because like the, unconditionally. The way I seen it that rocked me was like there's this table mm-hmm. I saw and my name was like carved in this chair, the name he gave me. Right. And he was like, You sat here before and you'll sit here again. Yeah. And that kind of like brought everything to this like flat plane. Yeah. Where it's like, wait a minute. He gave everything for me. He made covenant with himself because he knew I wouldn't be able to uphold covenant with him, just as he did with Abraham. In fact, more so with Christ. Right. Like, that's so wild. Like, he, he, the other part of this is why are these things going on? Because it's also a contrast. It's like, how do I know what love is unless I see the absence of it? How do I know what light is unless I know darkness? How do I know this? You know what I mean? Well, and we're allowed to make the choice. And the choice, really, our choice is the contrast in somebody else's life. Yeah. Because we don't understand every decision we make affects somebody else. Mm -hmm. Because we're one body. Like everything. Like I remember once, I like because like I like shirts with skulls and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just my flow. And uh, I remember it really offended someone. Yeah. And I realized, like, even the shirt I put on affected somebody's life. Yeah, that's why Paul said, right? Yeah. If your brother doesn't eat meat, 
just don't eat meat that day with him. You know, like, thankfully, I got to spend time with the person, and they realized the shirt wasn't really important right. anymore. Right. But I've I just realized that day I was like, man, like everything we do affects somebody. Yeah. Even when we don't know it. If we if we grab thirteen boxes of craft dinner off the shelf on sale, that means the next person doesn't get one. Right. You know, it's just that simple. But can we step outside of our grid? Right. Mm-hmm. Like without needing rules and regulations, without needing the four box limit, without needing yeah. the the place, uh, the preschool anymore. And not in a fallen world, we can't. Ultimately, we will. Yeah. Like I just, I believe that God wants to bring us as individuals into a place of seeing others, being aware of when, others. When we can see others through the Father's eyes. Yeah. We're oh, yeah. free. It's not a, it's not a choice. This isn't a, like, I grew up in the, the word of faith where the love walk was a choice. You got yeah. to choose to love people. Yeah. And it wasn't really love. You were actually probably frustrated with them. It didn't want to be near them, but you forced yourself to take them to lunch. It like, wasn't, that's not love. It wasn't Christ <laughs> in you loving. No, and, yeah. like, that's the thing is, like, when I've experienced the love of God for people, yeah, it ain't me. No. It's something flowing through me. And in fact, I guess it's the true me. Where it is the true place that we come from. That's why when I'm on that mountain. You're at home. I'm at home Mm. in this state, right? That's good. So in 99, we're going to just unpack a little of what I believe where what's going on right now and where we're being offered. So if I cause anybody to be hungry, to pursue through the mystery, the higher calling in Christ, even that, a high calling in Christ. Oh, why? Why is it high? Because it's spirit. It's yeah. heaven. It's Higher. language, right? So in 99, I get this spark. In 2004, um, when I went to Costa Rica, and this is the time where I had the, another death experience in the ocean, uh, the Lord speaks to me, and he says, Zechariah 3.7. Then in 2006... I went into an open vision and seen at Falstaff's where, where we were meeting at the time. And I seen a vision of horses and individuals on the horses going to this mountain to meet with Jesus for instruction. They were the sons of God. And I, when, when I uh, recognized them, they turned and recognized me. Not until that moment, they, but then they seen and they invited me to come. So I knew there was something important about this that was going on. In Zechariah 3.7, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you'll perform my service, then you will govern my house, have charge of my courts. Hear that? Charge of my courts. So this isn't the courts of the Lord that we hear people talking about today. This is something different. This is a place, I believe, like a king where he has a courtyard and where he, and this is my thoughts at the moment where um, people that uh, are uh, governing with him or ministering with him, they meet there together to get instructions. Right. He says, um, you'll have charge of my courts and I'll grant you. I will grant you free access among those who are standing here. So there are individuals that are already that come in and out of there now. Revelation 3:20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. 
There's something very important about hearing the Lord knocking on the door of our hearts and cause us to want to enter through into that place mm -hmm. of union, into Holy of Holies with God, right? <laughs> it's a calling. So the Lord's part is to reveal his presence as being available to us. That's what's been happening for me since 99 and then really started to happen in 2006. Come on. In order to become available to him as a vessel, that's what he's calling me for. And you, if you're feeling his presence, it's not just about the, the goosebumps or the drunken glory, which is great, by the way, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's part of the, what the journey and part of what the Lord does. But we want to become a vessel mm -hmm. through whom his glory will be revealed. That's where this is going. It's unto. It's always unto something. But you got to be willing. You have to be willing. Yeah. And so you got to know, first of all, that the presence isn't the end. The presence is really the beginning. You think about it. We did a lot of church without the presence. And then <laughs> we got the presence of God. And we go, oh, yeah. And... Uh, then we were learning that the presence was a person, right? My presence is me in the present. Yeah. So that we got away from the idea of, oh, we felt something. Now we can run out and use it to reach people, mm. which remember Jesus said, was it something I'm wearing? Do you only want the mantle or the anointing? Do you not want me? Because it's intimacy. It's always been about intimacy. Come on. And that's part of this journey. When you start to wake up to this stuff, all of a sudden, a lot of people that you were walking with won't understand you and they won't want to walk with you because they're busy being servants of the Lord, trying to gain, quote unquote, brownie points. <laughs> okay. Brownie points. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> John 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will, will manifest himself to him, myself, sorry, to him. Now, hmm. before we jump into the 10 commandments, right? It means when we rightly respond to his knocking on the door of our spirit, Jesus will lift us into the higher realms of divine activity. There's activity going on. This revelation of his manifest presence will gradually increase and we will be brought into a deeper understanding of his end time purposes. And this isn't the eschatology you're getting on YouTube. That's carnal, end of the world, which was an eon. It wasn't even the world. Okay, they do it all the time. Sorry, truth hurts. He has a purpose. It's reconciliation of all things. So as we keep his commandments, what's that? We respond to his presence. That's Come the on. commandment of the Lord. When he's leading you and he's asking you to do something, you do it. Respond to his presence. It could be, um, he says, I want you to, you know, smile at that person. I want you to, um, they gave you too much money at the till, give it back. It's whatever the Lord wants. It doesn't matter. It's teaching us 
the dance with God that I can hear and respond to his instruction, his commandments, so that we can come into that place. And it says, as we keep them, respond to his presence, we will become an overcomer and will experiencing, begin to experience the coming greater visitation of his glory, which is known in the Bible in a Greek word called the time of his perusa. There's a time of visitation called the perusa of God. Some have mm -hmm. translated it as the coming of Jesus, but that's not what it is because we know that he must come first in us before he would come for us. Come on. So we are living in the days during which there to, is to be a physical manifestation of the glory of God, which is the Shekinah where I was in the mountains. Yes. This experience in his manifested glory is becoming available to all those who are presently, are you ready? Being prepared. That's the perusa because they've been beginning to experience the presence of the Lord. So that's what's going on. Hey. We we are being prepared by the presence because we're being the perusas, the Holy Spirit is preparing us for the visitation of the manifestation of God in the physical world. Right? Mm. That's what he wants to do. Second Thessalonians 1:10. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember when you first taught me that when I felt the presence, because you got to remember, I didn't know anything about the presence of God other than anointing and stuff like that. What we'd been taught, the mantle thing. <clears throat> so I come from a very um, word of faith kind of feel. And John yep. said, like, have you ever felt God's presence? And I'm like, yeah, all the time. You know, like I'd feel it here, there. Like it was, I was used to it coming, right? Yeah. And you said, that's him tapping you on the shoulder yeah. to interact with you. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Because mm -hmm. in my world, that was just something I felt that encouraged me to keep seeking God. Yeah. It didn't really have a purpose. It wasn't a person. And then you said, if you, if you will, if you'll give way to it, if you'll like acknowledge it, like honor him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I took it really seriously as an intern to the point where I would be in the grocery store in line. And if I felt it, I'd be like, okay, hey, dad, what do you want? Yes. And the lady be looking at me like I'm crazy, yeah. but I just refused to not give way to this thing. If I was vacuuming, if I was cutting the lawn, I just shut off whatever I was doing and just wait and listen because I was mm. so eager to hear. And then it was, it started out um, as my own thoughts it sounded like a thought in mm. my head. Mm. And then I would have to discern, is this the father? Is this yeah. me? Yeah. Which was really easy to do because yeah. my thoughts are not like his thoughts. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gives us that, that hint right there. Yeah. Um, they won't sound like your thoughts, kids. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, and then it was so crazy that it became impressions and knowings. And then, Finally, when I was in Montreal, I remember the day where it shifted and he had his own voice. Mm -hmm. It was wild. Yeah, it quit it being your, like God speaking voice, through your yeah. conscience. It became an actual voice mm -hmm. that I hear mm -hmm. and know. And that's insane to so me. So see, that's the progressive change. But there was there was a sacrifice yeah. not to get it, but to let go of that which stopped it. Yeah. So l l let me tell you a little truth story 
of where something originated. When you're speaking that, the the reality is it's all about honor. Do we honor God? I mean, we decide in meetings in the past when we should allow the Holy Spirit to move. I mean, think about that for a moment. Holy smoke, we should all be running for the hills. But it's like, can we honor the king? Okay, so let's go back now. Do you realize everybody thinks they dress up on Sunday morning and go to church for God? They put on their Sunday best suits, okay? None of that ever had anything to do with God. That all had to do when they first built those job, those cathedrals. There were kings coming from other countries to see these magnificent, glorious buildings. And people all dressed up to impress man. They wanted to impress. This is a true story. They wanted to impress the, the leaders of other countries that were coming to see these cathedrals. It never had anything to do with God. And well, did the leper put on his his best no. when Jesus was there? <laughs> no. And why is it God mostly meets people a lot in the bathroom or when you're naked in the shower? He, one of my main places God speaks to me besides in when I'm sleeping and when I wake up uh, is in the, in the shower. Come me on. and him hang out in the shower all the time, right? Because God's looking at my heart and he created me. So what am I hiding from? So you know what I mean? So the truth is, yes, it's fine to dress up to go to church. It's really the motivation of the heart. It's always the motivation of the heart because you're not impressing God. But where does it come from? Exactly. And that's that's the thing is like, and then you see that something so simple mm. then become, well, you have to put your best face forward. Well, this is what happened in the vineyard is um, – they revolted against uh, the movements like the Pentecostal movement where everybody was all dressed up. So everybody began to wear tracksuits with vineyard written on them. Okay. In the early days. And one day I got up, the Lord had spoken to me and I said, you know what? It won't be long till these will be our suits. Well, I never wore one cause I didn't really like that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I love the grapes. I'm not really a tracksuit. Guy. No, I'm a jeans guy, but I, I really, I, I really like the grapes though. Uh, but the fact of the matter was, hip-hop dance crew <laughs> i said this is what's gonna happen is soon if you didn't have one of these uh things on people will look at you funny because i said it's the motivation of the heart that was in the pentecostal movement that's now in this movement it's just switched clothing and and that's the thing that we don't understand is if what we're entering into is birthed out of rebellion it will have the same fruit as what we came out of just in a different way right and that's why when when we are called out from hmm. something hmm. it's very important to allow god to have the time to remove the hurt yes remove the sting because we're one bride again you gotta love exactly and we don't want to we don't want to come into things with sarcasm we don't like man i weep when i go to places that are different than me like the presence of god hits me because these are his kids he loves absolutely. them absolutely it's a totally different thing than when i was 20 and i wanted to tell everybody they were wrong so it wouldn't be any different than if god hits you when you're downtown and you're in a bar or you're in a place where there's prostitution or something yeah. else because god loves them too just yeah. as much and there's been times where i wept on the bus on my way home because i could feel the love yes. of god 
for the people around me. And this is the thing is when we, when we, <laughs> when we remove hmm. the line between sinner and saint, yes, we realize the fullness of the cross once and for all. That's like one, that's one of the beginning points of the cross is understanding the cross that begins the journey. So when I was speaking about suits, mm. I wasn't really speaking about suits. I give no, you the origination of it to show you something. It doesn't matter if some guy likes to dress up in a suit, they look amazing and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And the next guy beside him can't afford a suit and he comes in something different. That's fine too. As long as our hearts are right. But what the point of it was, these people dressed up because of royalty. Yeah. So when will we honor the presence of God in like royalty? There we go. He's the royalty. So when we feel the presence, it is the king. And that's why when we, and he doesn't come that way. He's not pomp. He's the most humble individual in the universe. So it's yeah. like, you're not going to know this. But if you do understand and recognize this, then you will honor him. And the other thing that God moves through is honor. So when we honor others, he moves through that. Well, remember that so Sunday important. where um, David came up? Yes. Elsie, and he had just said the word thank you. Mm. And you, you could have moved on. Yeah. But there was like this tiniest feeling mm. in the air. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he said it again and he said it again. And all of a sudden the glory just started to manifest. And it was like, if we would have just had a ritual that says, okay, like we got to move on. We would have missed out. We would have missed out on the King. Yeah. Like, or if, or if we would have not given way to other people, even people we didn't know if, because we chose to believe that God's bigger than us. We want to miss out on so many amazing things. I love the king. Come on. I love his presence. I love his ways. I'm learning his ways. I love his love. <laughs> and <Ooh. laughs> when, we, we, when we finally realize how amazing and kind and beautiful he is. We sing the songs. Maybe we should believe them. <laughs> yeah. Then we will begin to honor his presence as him. And this is what he told me in 2006. He said, John, can you believe me again as a little child? Mm -hmm. And when you look, talk to me, look me in the eyes, that meant his presence Focus on his presence yeah. like you're looking at him face to face. Yeah. Give him that honor, he was telling me, because then it became intimate instead of me talking to the Lord while I'm watching TV. I mean, you can, but I'm trying to tell you something that it's all about recognition and honor that opens a door. And what's the mm. door? It's really your own heart. That's where the door is. That's what he's knocking on is opening up your spirit. Second Thessalonians 1.10. Listen to this scripture. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints. 
he will come in us before he comes for us. And then to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. That is what God is looking for, mm. and that's what he's coming to bring. The manifestation of glory is part of the perusa, the appearing of the Lord to prepare those who are overcomers for their part in the closing out of this age and the ushering in of the kingdom age. Mm. So the eschatology that you're hearing is not wrong, but its understanding is wrong. Do you see it? They are picking up in the spirit the end of the age. It's the end of the world as they knew it. The things that they knew before aren't going to work anymore. It's the end of that age. But they haven't got language or understanding because of carnality. So what they do is they preach a gospel then based on a false understanding, a carnal, a fleshly understanding. It's the end of the world. Jesus is coming. Yes, he is. His glory is coming. The perusa is coming, brother. But he's not coming to kill everybody on the planet like you think, because now you're so self-righteous that you think you're spared and they're not. Come on, wake up. Yeah. Wake up. You were never any better than them. None of us were good. Hmm. There's only one good, and that's God, and he's in me. Therefore, now I'm good. Why? Because of God, not me. Yeah. And when we get this... We'll have begin to have compassion on the least to the greatest, but we won't separate them in our minds as one is great and one is little. But we'll understand there's one body, one king, one master, one Lord, one spirit, one baptism, right? And we'll finally get this thing. We'll quit fighting in the sandbox. It's stupid. We've been fighting in a sandbox as, as children, babies in a sandbox. And, and then we, we preach this gospel based on our own understanding instead of recognizing the hour we live in. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Even Toronto, the renewal, was God basically kissing us, sovereignly saying, hey, there's more. That was the prayer. More, Lord. But we didn't pick up on the fact it wasn't about more power. It was about the Lord saying, there's so much more, guys. So much more. It's not just about saving the world and turning them into you, right? Us being left in this carnal way. It's just so much more that Abba's got for us. He's got himself for us. That's why the Lord's been deconstructing. Yes. That's why little things that we didn't understand why we did them, per se, you guys just wanted to honor and, and give room. Yeah. We're actually taking away major blocks. Mm -hmm. um, like when I first came to Highlands, um, <laughs> the worship finished. Yeah. And you got up and said, mm -hmm. does anyone have anything they want to share? And I was like, what the heck is this guy doing? <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't do that. You have to give an offering message and guilt everyone mm -hmm. into paying the bills. Mm. And um, I watched as people came up and shared what God had shown them. Mm. 
because we're a body. And I'm looking at them mm. like, who are these people? Like, are they all leaders? Mm. Like, do they have the blue dots? Mm. Like, you know, mm, yeah. and and mm. there was just so much freedom. And it was it wasn't until I came into it that I understood we were we were like policing God. Like, I remember being at a conference and my best friend would share a room. He's weeping. God gives me a word from him. I'm praying for him. He's weeping in my arms. Mm. And this person comes up and goes, sir, you can't pray for him. Yeah. And I said, well, I see him in his boxer. So I think I'm allowed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you might want to take your dot and run. I, I understand why they do it. It, it. It's called fear of losing control and fear that everything's got to fit into the the framework, what's in your mind. That's why even Toronto broke out and a lot of people freaked out because oh, yeah. they didn't do things normally. They, they mean there were manifestations of prophetically that were going on. There were lines on the floor and people freaked out about the lines. Well, come on. The lines were there so that people wouldn't all be falling and breaking their necks on each other. I mean, there's, you know, there's nothing happens. wrong with common sense. There's nothing wrong with having structure. They needed it. And then God moved in the structure. It's like, do you want to have a fire? Yeah. Let's make a box and then the fire will put the wood in it and light it. But if we don't, can you ever have a river without banks? Mm. No, it's gone. It's just, and it's gone and goes into the ground. So you put banks on it and all of a sudden the water's flowing. God gives us wisdom on how to do these things. So he gave John Arnett wisdom for sure on, on put these on, on the ground. People will line up and you can pray for them and have catchers and so they'll catch them and, and lay them down and the glory would blast but it also saved uh all the lawsuits of people coming in there for sure. to make money by pretending yeah you know like that crap's gonna go on so john used wisdom yeah. and people are freaking out all over the place about it well they didn't have the problem of hundreds of thousands of people passing through his church. Yeah. He did. So he came up with some wisdom. There's nothing wrong with structure. I'm not no. against it. But when the structure outweighs common it, it, sense, that's where, that's where it gets a little crazy. Yeah, because, well, that's what my, my point was about that was. Our saying at the time was that our idea of decently in order is not God's. Not at all. Because there was nothing decently in order in Toronto. People are flying on the floor and everything. And in the 80s with, with uh, Wimber, John Wimber, same thing, only more demonic manifestations, people flying over their chairs. All this stuff was going on. Well, that's decently in order as God is coming into the room. Stick your hand in a light socket and let's see you stand decently in order. Yeah. Now, I was in a church pulled into a leadership meeting where they told me that. And they were part of a renewal and they were telling me everything must be decently in order. I'm looking at them thinking, did, did you, you forget <laughs> have brain fade or something like what's going on here? That's not even a reality. It was, it was really about this. We like to keep control here. And so we don't want you to open your mouth and speak. That's really what that was about. But I didn't say anything because I realized, you know what? It'll just create division. They don't have a clue what they're talking about. So I'll just let it go. Let it go. It did. Yeah. It wasn't a purpose thing. It's fear. It was their fear confronting me. Mm. And I'd let it go because, because I couldn't help them. Even though, like I said, take it back 20 years. Well, some people and can't. we were in this. 
some people can't go to certain places. Like I've had in intercession and worship break out where it was like, <coughs> like deep, like, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like just something coming out. That was just so beyond our thinking. Right. Yeah. But I've had other people encounter the same thing and be like, yeah, not for me. No, thanks. And you know, I just go, Hey, no mm-hmm. problem. Love yeah. you. You know, like for me, it was like freedom. I think that's why at this stage in history, we have how many denominations on the planet? 33,000. Yeah. Okay. And what did Jesus say? A kingdom divided won't stand. Yeah. So I guess there's going to be a lot of fall out as we enter into the new age because um, it's, it's where people are comfortable. Well, he's deconstructing. Yeah. He's trying to show us, guys, one plus one isn't two if you don't have me in the equation. And that's that's always been the yeah. heart of God is that every person, whether pastor or or person, mm. would be able to function in intimacy yeah. and be a part of the kingdom of God. This isn't something we can do as people who are in like we don't need the Avengers. No. Because they can only fight one battle. We need the king to be made manifest in all his children. Yes. That we would see the glory of God in the land of the living. But but we definitely know that he doesn't want to. um, Just like he didn't come to breathe life in Judaism. Yes. But he pulled people out. Paul the apostle. Come on. The disciples and many others. And then in 70 AD, he leveled it to Rome. Yeah. So it's like, and you can say, oh, well, God didn't do that. The Romans did that. Really? Jesus prophesied it. Yes. And he also said, um, no one takes my life. I lay it down. He said, um, when they said, we have the power to have you crucified. And he goes, no, you don't. <laughs> you haven't got anything my father doesn't give you. So, hey, really? It was the end of Judaism. Even though we want to resurrect it, the truth was, that was the end of the law. And now today in the Western world, we have legalism in a new set of clothing. Once again, though, the 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 Judaism that we're talking, talking Jews, about, the Jude, no, but the Judaism that we're talking about is God comes through intimacy, yeah. makes covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. And out of that comes man trying to obtain or trying to achieve something he could never do. That's why God put Abraham to sleep and walked through the blood. Right. Why? Because he knew Abraham couldn't do it. So he says, I'll uphold it for you. Yeah. Even, I will. Even the, the, his son. Yeah. Isaac. The ram just shows up. Why? Because this isn't about your ability to provide for no. this. So what happens is that the foot of intimacy, once again, the mm-hmm. throne gets raised up. Yes. And this structure forms itself telling them how to get to God when they were already beside him. Right. And so Jesus comes Which to Which we can move. take all the way back to, to Eve. Exactly. And so you here. You shall be like God, which he already was. That's that's the foundation of religion. Yeah. Is trying to teach us how to be like God when so we are. Let me clarify one thing. So before people take that out of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with Jews or Jewish people. No. It does have nothing to do with the nation of Israel. It has to do with a legal system yes. that was in place 
called Judaism that Jesus wanted to remove. That Jesus removed because it created separation. That's right. He didn't like the idea that you thought you were bad and couldn't go to your father, right? Whom he tells you to enter the throne room with boldness pre-cross. Yeah. So he come <laughs> to tear something down to build something new. Yes. And then, and then we resurrected it. Exactly. Right? In a we new rebuilt, set of clothing. Yeah, we rebuilt it with bigger buildings, taller oh, hats. <laughs> and it's so then. Way more incense. <laughs> and we knew, the, except the Lord build the house. Those that labor, labor in vain. It's vanity. And the thing, the thing that's so funny to me is every we do this every time. We judge the ones before us, and then we do the very same thing. And why? Because we judge them. Yeah. You like know? I remember sitting in meetings where people judged a group of Christianity so harshly for their faith in a man when we did the same thing to Kenneth Hagin. Yeah. There was no difference. If he walked in the room, we all carry his bag and yeah. line up in nice straight lines and make way for him. And yeah. you know, we and I mean that was out of honor. Well, it started out of honor. But it probably got a bit stupid, like everything else does, it, right? It, it starts out of honor and then it becomes it becomes obligation. Yeah. Like I remember being a little kid and seeing ushers doing things, right? Mm-hmm. So I was already there. My my stepdad was doing worship. And so I started like if the pastor got there before. Any ushers? Yep. I would just open the guys, like open the door for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Not thinking anything of it. Then all of a sudden, like the pastor's like, he's going to be a little usher. And now I'm carrying his yeah, Bible yeah, to yeah. his desk and I'm learning how to set his books out properly. Exactly. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I was just opening a door for you, bro. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what happened here? Now, now I'm doing a jab. <laughs> I'm 11. <laughs> so I'm going to speed this up a little bit so yeah. we can get through. Um, Isaiah 60, 1 to 3. This is a prophetic word. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord, Baruza, is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising, of your rising. The latter. First Peter 1 5 tells us that there is a salvation that's reserved or ready to be revealed in the last time. The salvation is the coming forth of the glory of God in a physical, comprehensive way, a visible manifestation of the glory of the Lord upon our being, the perusa. The word manifest means to make visible to one or more of our five natural senses, which are hearing, smell, taste, sight, and touch. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 3, 2, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. It is what we have become rather than what we say that is the most effective witness Thus, the manifested glory of the Lord resting upon us will be a powerful witness in that day. This is why this work's going on, the preparation. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but the Spirit. Letter kills, Spirit gives life. This is far more than our having the ability to preach an intellectually perceptive message. 
there have been orators who are successful through what they are able to say. Also, there are those who lack this ability but are successful due to the anointing and manifestation of the Lord's presence that rests on them. If they had some great natural ability, it would be evident that their success was due to this ability rather than the imparted presence and glory of the Lord. In this day, the Lord is taking behind the veil. This is what's going on. Those who may be lacking in ability, but who abide in his presence. These are seeking to better know Jesus and have made themselves available to him for whatever purpose he may have. He's the king. From these, the imparted glory will shine forth in a manifest witness to the earth. Isaiah 61, 60 verse 1 again. Arise, shine, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord, the perusa, has risen upon you. I mean, this is an amazing day. If you think about this, the presence, then the glory. Look at what just happened to us in that journey of those years in Highlands. The progression of it, the intensity that took place as God's been preparing. Ezekiel 1.4. And I looked, Ezekiel says, and I beheld a whirlwind coming out of the north, a great cloud, a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber in the midst of the fire, this is a picture of the corporate body of Christ functioning in glory, which will lead to the establishing of the government of God on the earth. Ezekiel 1.16, the appearance of the wheels and their work was like that of the cover, color of barrel, and they four had one likeness. Appearance was the work as a wheel within a wheel. This is somebody one with Christ, union in spirit. He moves, you move, a wheel within a wheel. It's a picture and it's what I seen and experienced in the bathroom in 78, in that open vision. Because that's where God wants to take us, to manifest this. And this is not going to happen, I don't think, this is John now speaking, I do not think this will happen to the corporate body of Christ. Why? Because there's too many feet fighting it, holding on to religion, that they won't go. It's a very minority that's on the planet right now that's actually climbing the stairs. A minor group. Not very many at all. Now, how long till this happens? That I don't know. And maybe there will be a landslide that will start to take place. And God will start to do this. But at this point, most people are looking for a revival. And the revival is their understanding of what they have seen in the past. This is something totally different. How many people have you seen walking around that are shining like light bulbs? No. I've seen one person once, and it was just, I believe, God showing me something in a meeting. It was the first time I was at this place in a meeting, and I was going to end up going there as a young Christian at 23. And I looked, and there was a glory, a light all around their whole body. And I 
I never seen it after that one time. And I now believe that God was showing me the future of where we are being taken till that Shekinah glory, that, that um, manifest presence of God begins to come, arise and shine, mm. right? We're living at the beginning of the seventh day, are we not? During the time in which Jesus is beginning to reveal his manifest glory in order to prepare overcomers for his ultimate purposes. Mm. This is the wheel within the wheel. Our lives merged in his life in order to become the expression of his life which will greatly affect the nations and all of mankind. That's really what's, what's the preparation we're being prepared for, is to be able to uh, live in that place I experienced before putting this one together, where I was taken up there and began to experience the Shekinah glory, began to experience beyond the heavens yeah. in God. That is the invitation. If I'm sharing something tonight, it's called the coming of his glory. But the reality is, this is an invitation. It's an invitation, invitation for whosoever will respond and begin to honor the king and let go of your security and what you've been taught. And let the king teach you. Mm. That's humility. I mean, I, I realize the more I know, the less I know. The ocean's pretty deep. I've been walking along the beach and got a bit of spray on my face, and I'm teaching theology about 10 miles down. Come on. Come on already. Look at there's there's realms, dimensions. There's the creator of multiverse. <laughs> I mean. And he's my dad. He's your dad. They say there's places in the ocean we've never been. Exactly. And yet we say we're we, going out, but we should go down. Yeah. There's, there's so much. And they're finding every day new, new animals, new beings, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's a good day to be uh, alive. I think so. Um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Psalm 132, mm. David says. He's prophesying. I have ordained a lamp for my anointed. I've ordained a lamp. That is the light of the Lord, man. Your light has come. Arise and shine. Um, I'm trying to think of what that Middle Eastern term was. Uh, uh, hmm. uh, it's not going to come to me right now. <laughs> about the lamp it's about removing your own lamp and uh you suffer the consequences but you're the one that did it to yourself so then um the azusa street revivalist william seymour he prophesied in 1909 that uh around a hundred years there would be a release of the shekinah glory of god that were burn brighter than what took place at Azusa Street. Now, we all talk about Azusa Street because it was crazy. 
And I never even realized how much. I mean, the early days, I always thought about Azusa Street. It was the birth of Pentecostalism. It was the birth of uh, um, speaking in tongues. You know, they were getting uh, hit and they were, you know, worshiping and began to speak in tongues and stuff. But then later, as I was a Christian longer, uh, read some books by a, a young a guy that was a young child at the time. He'd been there. And he knew people that told him stories all about this. I don't know if he'd been there. That I want to correct that. And I can't think of his name at the moment. He had heard White first-hand, soul, I think. Story, uh, first-hand stories. Yes, from individuals who'd been there. So about he was crazy miracles. Yeah. So in that time, there were such miracles that marveled the masses. Limbs were growing out that weren't there. And I remember somebody's face beginning to shine and and their nose completely changing because it something had happened and repairing. It's like God was molding their face right in front of you. The arm that grew out, I remember the one story, is then uh, once the hand came up, fingers would pop. Pop, pop, pop. All brand new fingers. We call these creative miracles. And they just like your brain, you'd be sitting there going, uh, <laughs> I got I got nothing to say about that. That's like I don't even know what happened. Now I remember there was this story once about this child that um ha- had all this deformity and these people had told this story where they all of a sudden the glory of the Lord showed up and the child fell on the floor and they watched his face begin to be like wax. It just began to shift and mold right in front of their face, molding their face. He was creating a new face for this child right in front of the the watchers that were there. Now, you tell me, when's the last time you've seen creative miracles like this? Those are just off the the rails miracles. And that was only one side of it. God has been slowly releasing um, what I would call reflections. Mm. Of what is to come, uh, Marie with that or the yes. the whole I saw the the other week that that's going to start to happen again. The trance where she go into trance and be frozen, not just like, her people, yeah, yeah, in the cities that but, she was in. Remember, oh, she would be on the stage, yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. And then there were people outside. They they had to go along with wagons and pick them up and pick lay them, them in the wagons and bring them to the meeting. And then you see Finney where the glory would fall. The re- people would start repenting in their homes without anyone coaching them. They were weeping under the presence of God. Like yeah. so, I think all of these have been reflections unto yeah. the person of Christ habitating in His people. Yeah, because even this, what I'm talking about with Zusa and stuff, is just even, one even aspect. This is a perception. Yeah. At a, at a time in history where there's not a, a huge amount of light yet given. Yeah. Now, we could say, oh, yeah, brother, but look what was going on. No, I can tell you this because, like, for instance, Alexander. Seymour had to sit outside the other room because he was black. Right. Alexander Dowie, where he had one of the greatest healing ministries ever, and yet the guy had no father heart at all. No. He was a very strong legalist and spoke really against uh, Every humans, yeah, right. <laughs> Everything he, he repented to the dogs because he yeah. called the, the humans dogs. Yeah, yeah. like it's so, just so brutal. You can see it's where the mentality or the imprisonment of the mind is, and God's moving in spite of us. But what we always want to do is the only thing we can do is 
is create something based on our understanding, which is carnal. And so, but see, the church, like the mainstream church, yeah, believes that if we would return mm -hmm. to legalism, we yeah. would see the same power, which is 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 the reverse direction to Christ. If yes. we would do that, we might as well. I'm throw running. Jesus under the bus because he has nothing to do with that. That's why he came. Well, and that's why like people will be like, well, then why did he move so powerfully through them? In spite of them, he loved the people so much Dowie. that he would take anyone, anyone who was willing to let go, mm -hmm. like even with the wrong reason, like Alexander Dowie became like what he was because he thought the medical people were insane. Yeah. So he said, surely only God is a great physician. Yeah. It wasn't even out of a desire to see people healed. It was just, these guys don't know what they're doing. I'm going to go find out the right way. But yet God used him so powerfully. Powerfully. And I'm, and I'm sure there was a level of hunger and intimacy that we don't see through the history. Of yeah. And I'm not putting Alexander down. All I'm doing is so well, no, he's a great guy is showing things but, progressive light. Yeah. If we're in darkness, we must come out of the darkness to, to the light. And if you look at the history of the church, yes. you're going to see very dark things like the Forks evil. Yes. You're going to see the times uh, where cr Christians were killing people because they didn't believe, right? Yeah. The way we do. Yeah. Uh, the Crusades. The witch hunts, the everything. It's I know somebody that didn't wasn't becoming a Christian because he said, seriously, look at the Crusades. And he began to talk about butcherous stories. And I had oh, to, I, he shut, I couldn't say much. And so no. what's happening is, are we willing to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light? And what does that mean? Well, and I, yes, come on. It means that the sun gets brighter. Yeah. So does the truth. Because revelation is light. That's what it is. Jesus said, I am the ladder. He didn't use those words, but he used the same words as Jacob's ladder to reveal this truth to you. So if he is the light and he's leading us to the father, mm. it's progressive light. If you want to hold on to shades of gray, then that's where you will stay. That's why I'm saying even to say that stuff I did about Azusa Street is to look the wrong direction. Yeah. But I pointed it out because of what Seymour said. He was believing. About, he, he may not have understood, but he said this, a release of the Shekinah, Shekinah glory of God. And then what did he say? That would burn brighter. And then the only thing he could reference was a crazy move he was <laughs> yeah. in. What else could he say? Well, and he's saying, guys, this isn't it. That's it. There's more. Yeah. And and that's why I believe personally that God is asking us to have a formal divorce mm. from the spirit of legalism in ourself first, that we would truly love ourselves, not based on our performance, but the blood that runs in our veins, which is Jesus's blood. Yeah. And then number two, that we would start to believe that there is actually a place. Like the Bible said, in the same way he leaves, he'll return. Well, how did he leave? It says that a cloud appeared. Well, what's a cloud? The Lord told me to type in what's a cloud to a Jewish person on Google. I did. Yeah. Word Shekinah appears. 
the, the, and well, the cloud of witnesses. Well, and where, where, where else would the cloud of witnesses be if not in, in this manifest glory, glory right? Yeah. It's one. It's yeah. You can't separate. If they're one with the Father, when Ishikaida shows up, they're going to show up. Yeah. And, and it even says that the disciples saw <laughs> clearly into heaven. They saw people. Yeah. So the clouds there, the, the glory is the access to the oneness of God. And so if we're about to step into this, what does that look like? Now, here's the best part. What were they looking through? A veil. So where were they? The cloud. Mm. Right here. No, exactly. The same as Jacob's ladder. So we're here. Yes. This this isn't something that comes. All the earth is crammed. crammed. Yes, exactly. With heaven. When you understand that Jacob's mm. ladder was a prophetic word to all mankind to say, surely God is in mm. this place and we did not know. Yes. And. This is the gate to heaven. Come on. So if it's a gateway to heaven and Jesus says, basically, I'm the ladder, I'm the gate. <laughs> and where's heaven? It's the spirit where we fell from. And what's there? Abba, daddy. And where Come is on. it? It's your mind oh. making a journey out of prison through worlds to a place that already is. I'm going on a far journey to a place nearby. Come on. When I get there, I'll realize I've always been. So where do you think we are now? We're in heaven. It's us that doesn't know in our minds we're living in a third dimension that's fallen. I love this in Hebrews 4.16. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Right so that we may receive mercy, find grace, and be a help to others in their time of need. Which is, what are we doing? That's exactly Laying what our we're lives doing. down. And shining a light yeah. into the darkness, pointing the way, like John the Baptist, pointing the way to the ladder, Yeshua, Perfect. and saying it's not just some guy coming back to rescue you. <laughs> It's some guy that already did rescue you yeah. before you came. You were his before you ever knew it. That's right. So again, Isaiah 60 says that his glory will be seen upon you. That is where we're going. That is the discussion I'd had with him because I was feeling the manifestation in me, which was the, the soul realm and getting just I mean, I was shooting up through the building, up over the city, in the glory. I mean, unbelievable things were happening to me, but yet somebody could be standing across from me and they weren't feeling it. And that was my contention is like, God, seriously, I don't even understand how can this be? Because, see, I'm, in, I'm thinking within my natural mind, but this Isaiah 60 thing, mm -mm -mm -mm, that's when that veil's removed. And now that glory that I was experiencing is now coming on the people that are around you. They'll see it and want to know what is that? Mm -hmm. I just came as a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I came because we're the new Jerusalem and we wanted to help you into the city, brother. And really, what are we saying? Really? We're saying, brother, we want to put salve on your eyes so that you might see 
you're already there. It's sad for the eyes. What did Jesus do? Rubbed mud in the guy's eyes so that he could see. Well, what is mud? It's carnality. It's the earth. He's using the things in the world to awaken us to spirit. We were never carnal. We were always spirit. It's like when the first time I learned that, it's like, well, now let's see. As a young Christian, it was like this. When I pray, I'm spiritual. When I brush my teeth, I'm not. When I go to church, I'm spiritual. But when I go to work, I'm not. This is as a young Christian. And then one day the thought came to me. You see, this is just part of the journey, right? Very early stage. Wait a minute. If I'm a spirit, am I ever not spiritual? No. That's like a human saying, I have skin and I don't have skin. So I realized, wait a minute, when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm spiritual. When I go to work, I'm spiritual. I'm never not spiritual. So if we're a spirit with a personality, a soul dwelling in a body, which is an energy field, what am I? Am I this? No, I am a spirit. I am a being of uh, light right and glory mm. it's just veiled hidden because and it's mostly hidden to me until i start to wake up then i begin to see it that's what happened in the in the 2010 up and then uh it's been a journey of preparing right we're preparing what for the end of the world brother and the beginning of the new, which is the end of the age and the birth of the kingdom of God age, right? And will God have his way? Of course he will. He laid it out. It's, it's just whether you will or I will, that's our choice. Do we want to be part of it or not part of it? There were 12 disciples. What about all the rest of the people that could have jumped on board? If you were there, would you have liked to have been one of the 12? What about the rich man? Hey, he wanted to follow. You want to follow me? Take everything you have and give it to the poor. Because his idol, his God, was money. That's why. He was speaking to his heart, that's all. And the guy walked away. Bummer, man. You could have been one of the disciples hanging with the creator and watching him do these things. And more than that, receiving the words of life. Yet there was 12. So my question is, how many will there be now? You really think there'll be millions? I don't. There never has been. Why would there be now? You don't see them breaking down the door here, do you? No, to want to get this stuff? No, because they're comfortable in their religious mind. And it's on, and they're waiting. They have, we used, I was one of them because I still am, but I was entangled with the spirit of death. I think, honestly, I, I do believe that there'll be masses of waves of people looking for it. I hope so. I just believe it, it's, there's moments of awakening, just like the 1970s. 
Um, you mean like the Jesus movement of the 60s? Not even just then... the, I, I mean, like, I look more at the world than the <laughs> church personally. Yeah. But, like, in that whole era, there was an awakening to the fact that life had become meaningless and just having a house and a car and a big family wasn't the purpose of life. Because um, of all the conservative rhetoric. Everything, yeah. yeah. And we've kind of come back to the very same place where now people are questioning the fabric of identity, the fabric of what do we do, what we do, why are some rich and some poor? Like They're waking up yeah. to um, a society Shot. that's very different than the one before. It's a new age of thinking. Yeah, and And so in that, I think that that's God saying, get ready. Get ready. Because there's a wave of people who are opening their mind to a new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll see a massive wave of people come in. Just even even all these people freaking out about, you You mentioned the identity thing, right? Like yeah. all that stuff's going on right now. But do you realize all that is, is an awakening uh, to the reality of that we were created in the image of God. And that's what everybody's lost, including in religion. Mm -hmm. And so if you see things going on in the natural, we may want to ask what's what's the wave. Exactly, right? Like the Lord always, he told me that the, the church, especially with end times and all this stuff, they yeah. look at the church, they look at Jerusalem. Man, look at the world. Like God moved in the world like Woodstock was a was a beacon of hope yeah. that there was something more to life than working, getting a pension, and dying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was muddied with drugs and sex and all that stuff. But guess what? Which were just counterfeits of the real. Yeah, they were just, but it was still an expression. They were of love. They were looking for family and to belong. Yeah, like the creators of Woodstock in 1995 when they did it and people were killed and stuff, they wept. The guys were crying. They were like, this isn't what Woodstock is. No. When the rockers were like, this is crazy, right? Like, Because it, it was a very angry time in yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Was so, that 99 or what? 99 or 95 or something. They yeah. had the redo, and it was horrible. I think it, was, oh, it would have been 99 because it would have been 30 years after 69. Yeah, so it was a very horrible thing. I think three or four people were yeah, killed during yeah. one performance, which is very anti what it was. Yes. And but I but now you see the the shift again going, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the YouTube video with the kid with the sign saying, This is what I'm feeling when you say this. All these things are happening. We're realizing everything we do affects each other. The yeah. world is waking up slowly. Yes. But they are. I, I don't know. I think that God can just release a sound that is like an alarm but clock you know, to a but generation. You know what? Yeah. Um Sunder. Yeah. It was Sunder that asked Jesus that. Mm -hmm. He said to uh, Jesus, he said, Jesus, why don't you just appear and everybody will turn to you? And he said, I did in Palestine. And they didn't. But it's I think it's it's it has happened. The Jesus people was in a, a sound that awoke a generation, a group, thousand, millions upon mm -hmm. millions. I like the Jesus people movement. It wasn't it was big, but it wasn't that big. They had their own magazines. Uh, I know. I know. Like legit stuff was going I on. I think but we're we'll talking multi billions greater. of people, though. For sure, but I'm not talking about a, a church at, movement or my hope or a re revival. I'm talking about people awakening M to union. My hope and we'll see is the mass. whole planet. Yeah, but the truth is, he will surprise me because, like he said to Sunder, I think that's the ultimate goal of reconciliation that it will happen. But is it going to happen? in the next thousand years maybe not it's like it's going to take time to roll out he said to sunder 
I, I appeared in Palestine and they didn't believe. He said, um, the truth is, he goes, do you see your spirit? Sunder said, no. Then why do you think you can see God who's immortal, who's spirit? He said, you think that those people, when I resurrected from the dead, you think that everybody see me? No, only those that had their eyes open because I was immortal. And those that had their eyes open could see immortality. It, this is gold, my friend, gold. And I think that there will be a precursor or group of people and then there will be a generation, it says, that will not die. They will believe in immortality. They will believe in the giver of life, this, the life-giving spirit, Yeshua. I just live, I live out of the love chapter where I believe all things and I hope all things. Yeah, no. And, and that's what keeps me um, able to continually believe the goodness of God will be overcome in a way that we've never seen. I before. believe that too, but I also believe there's lots of darkness in men's hearts and greed. And because of that, it will take a little more for some people to let go. For sure. But like, if you look at the world, let's not look at the church. No, I'm, church looking, I'm talking the world. I'm looking at the world right now. Uh -huh. You've got the tiny house movement. You've got, yeah. you've got thousands of these little grassroots that are unhappy. things. Yes. That are waking up saying, I don't need, I don't need to be the richest dude on the planet. Why do I want to work 40 hours a week? Right. All these little thoughts are thoughts that are different mm -hmm. than the generation before. So different. In fact, well, that tells us there's a shift going on. Right? Exactly. Right. So it's like, that's where my hope comes from is just because I, I love watching like all these things mm -hmm. on like earth ships and tiny homes and mm -hmm. just different ways of living. Like even businesses are thinking different now, right? Like you go to big cities now, there's like community offices where there's 15 different businesses operating out of one communal yeah. workspace. Yeah. Why? Because they realized paying 20 grand a month for rent wasn't a good idea. And they can work better together. Exactly. And then whatever I need, you're right there. And the, there's all this, um, collaboration there's all this and i'm going okay well something's different because before everything was evil stay don't tell the other guys what we're doing but, like but again we're talking now right and wrong where i have this powerful experience mm -hmm. the death experience then an open vision with christ in 70 see but i'm not talking about right and wrong no, i'm talking no. about a pattern of thinking that's shifting but, in the world but what i'm talking about isn't got anything to do with any of those patterns i'm talking about an otherworldly thinking this is coming from another world it's taking me 42 years to even open the vault of my darkness as a christian as a christian to wake up to spirit and to divine encounter, not as a revival, but as an awakening to my father. And so is this going to get sped up? Yes. But I believe that um, true faith is abiding in him. And there's no shortcuts or easy formulas. The latter exists whether you die tonight you're still going to have to ascend the ladder on the other side. There's dimensions. So it's like you can do it here. The pressure's on here. It's easier to do it here. 
I've talked about that, right? Then it is there because there you'll think you've arrived. And it may take you a while to realize there might be more. So like John, we are crying out in the wilderness of the dark going, hey, do you think there might be more? Do you think that the Father actually loves you and wants to have intimate communion with you? And if so, is it based on what you do? Is it based on, or is it based on who you are? And there is a light that will get brighter. And what that means is, I know nothing. And so it's not going to happen overnight like a revival because everyone must climb the ladder. Why? Because everybody fell. I don't understand it. Some will probably climb much quicker because they'll be easier to let go. It's like when I used to do drugs. Some people could get in the flow easy. Other people would freak out because they needed everything nice and in a box, right? They're like, I'm really high. And then they'd be all messed up and holding on to the wall. And I'd have to go, oh, the drugs were bad, man. You didn't even get off. Relax. It's cool. And slowly they would, they would think they're straight, but actually I was really high. It's like, but I couldn't, they were going to, they're going to lose their mind. Well, do you not think this is a buzz? This will fry the circuits on a lot of people that need everything in their religious box, whether they're Christian or not, they like boxes. They want to live in a certain system. And if you want to come in and blow it up and say, Hey, did you know it's going to take them time? So God is merciful and patient beyond our understanding. We're already into this 6,000 years. Maybe that's what we're here for. We're, we're 6,000 years in, into the beginning of the seventh day. And I'm with you. I am still that guy believing uh, I want to see the whole human race. I'd like to see more people come in to the truth of this than has ever happened in history. But I don't believe everybody will because some people will fight it tooth and nail. Scariest part is, well, I mean, we do have, I was going to say the religious are probably the worst, but then we do have Saul. He got whacked and he changed pretty quickly. 14 years, I think it was. Until he got it together. God took him out and messed with his mind 14 years in the desert. And then he became the greatest apostle of this good news. Amen. Wow. So, hey, we'll see. Sweet. Yeah, man. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah. It's glad to see uh, Sue Doheny was on. She says hi. Hey, Susie. <laughs> Into the friends. glory, man. Into the glory. That's where you want to go. Come on. Stay in the glory. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>